Gemara Shekalim, Dav Gimal. The Masechet has been dedicated by Martin Arani in memory of his grandmother, Esther Bat Simcha, as well as Moshe ben Amuma. Ruh Adonai began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Gimal Amudrishon. And we are right on the top line. Quote from the Mishnah. Metakinim et adirachim, et adirachovot, ve'et mikvot hamayim. So we said that uh, in the Chodesh Adar, so they fixed the roads, the roads that lead from city to city, the Otamayim, uh, they make sure that they have the right Shi'ur after the winter, and they do all Surkhe Rabim. The Mishnah didn't tell us what Surkhe Rabim was, we'll wait now for the, for the Gemara. Eluhen Surkhe Harabim. Following items are called Surkhe Rabbim. Danim Dinim Amonot, monetary cases, which obviously is done in a Bedin. Vidinim Nefashot, that's capital punishment cases. Dinim Makot, that will be somebody that's Hayab Malkut, either the Oraita or the Rabbanan. Upodim Erchin, okay? Erchin, we learned already, is a set price that everybody has based on their age and their gender. The person donates his edich to the Beit HaMikdash. So they, ask, they, they evaluate it. Now, the word podeh over here sounds like it's lav davka because, you know, podeh erke. There's no pidyon on it. You just ask the guy's age, figure out his gender, and then it's set in the Torah what he has to pay. The reason why I probably said podin is because of the next cases. So it's just maybe mishalmim erchinen. It shouldn't be even an issue why we have to even discuss uh, that these things are going to be uh, permissible. Of course they should be permissible. I mean, we're not doing anything. You're just paying, uh, pay, paying an edict. These are things, by the way, the, that are talking about um, things that are done in Holam Mu'ed. This Mishnah comes from Masech and Mu'ed Katan. But we're going to learn these are all public things. These are all Surkhe which we'll be uh, taking care of also in Adar. Uh, the haramim, okay, haramim is somebody that donates something or consecrates something that goes to the kohanim. So they have to assess it and take it and give it to the kohanim. Hegdeshot, to the Beit Hamikdash, he consecrates. So we put there those things. Umashkim uh, sota. So they give the sota to drink. And some say that they don't give the sota actually to drink, but they evaluate if she's reuyat to drink. That's the way the korban uh, aida says. Bodkim imra uilishtot. They just check her out to see if she's a candidate to drink. Vesorfim eta para, para aduma. Veorfin egla arufa. That's if they found a dead body between two cities. So they measure to the closest city, and the closest city has to bring. Lono dami hikau. They don't know who, who the murderer is. He's at large, as we would say. And therefore, they have to bring in egla arufa. That's also done in Hala Mu'ed. Verotsin evid evri. Interesting. If the Ebedevri wants to stay after six years, a half the so they, they pierce his ear. Which, this is um, strange because why would that be called Surkhir Rabim? I mean, that's a guy who has a personal Ebed uh, and he wants to stay. So the thing to get it over here of Surkhir Rabim is not things that are public works or public uh, need, it's anything that needs a betin. And this has to be done in the Betin. So therefore that's considered 
That's the common denominator. In all these cases, you need a, a betin in order to adjudicate the case, including uh, an avid uh, that wants to stay. <coughs> so therefore, that's considered surche rabbi. On Chol Moed. On Chol This is this is this is Moed Katam. We're using Moed Katan to explain to us what surche rabbi is, and we're going to get to surche rabbi for us. We didn't get to it yet. But these are all called Surkhe Rabim items that the Hakimim were Matir and Holam Mu'ed. And now we know what Surkhe Rabim is, the Gabe, what we're supposed to do in the month of Adar. We come up right now. Umitaharin et Mitsura. Okay, for Mitsura needs to be purified, so that's done as well. Umifarkin et Minal Me'al Gabe Hamayim. So this case is talking about where they used to have cisterns that used to collect water. Water in those days was uh, very, very obviously like today, but. In Israel, it's a very important commodity because half the year it doesn't rain. So they have to collect the waters during uh, the winter months and they lock the cisterns so no, there's no access to these storage waters. And then when it comes Holam uh, Mu'ed time, so they would unlock them because that's already like Pesach, for example. They know it's not going to rain anymore. So then they could start unlocking them and they start to, to use the waters. So, uh, it's actually, there's a different girsa over here. If you look at the Qurban Ha'edah, it's the shoemaker, totally different story. The imum is the form that they put the shoe on. So you're allowed to take the shoe off the form uh, on Cholam It's not considered a milakha, it's just keeping the shape of the shoe. So you could take the shoe off the imum, not maim, the imum on Cholam uh, on as well. So different girsaot uh, on that. How is that Surkhe Rabim, though? Uh, how is that Surkhe Rabim? Uh, that is uh, a great question to where it's not Surkhe Rabim. If you look at the Qurban Ha'eda, the Qurban Ha'eda makes you a point. Lav Surkhe Rabim. Okay. Evidence for you. Ubho la mu'ed ma'iri. Wa'iri. Demutar lefalekha min'al. Ma'al gabay hadfus she'enze ma'ase uman. Okay, but you can't put it back in. But putting it back in would be considered ma'ase uman. I guess there's a certain way to put it back on the form in order to get its shape. So you can take it off, but you can't put it on. Ve'en ma'azirim otam. So now, either way you learn. If you're learning on the, on the, um, on the water, so you would not be able to lock the cistern on holam mu'ed. You can only unlock it. If you're learning the shoe, you don't, you don't put it back. It seemed like the, the, only the last case was on holam mu'ed. The way, I don't know. I didn't see any words. I guess this Mishnah is the, the Mishnah. It's a mu'ed katan. So it must be talking about holam mu'ed. It's a mu'ed katan. Okay, Taninan. Uh, we also learned in, uh, again, we're just looking for, for what is considered Surkhe Rabin. That's what we're looking for, so we found it. So uh, we have over here Taninan, we learned, and also more Ed Katan. Let's get this over here for a second. Taninan. Taman Taninan, we learned over there. Mashkin Beta Shelachin. Right, so those are uh, fields that need uh, irrigation. So you're allowed to mashkin. If you don't water them and irrigate them, there's going to be a hefsed. So you're allowed to be mashkin the beta shelahin. These are uh, fields that do not suffice from the rainwater. So therefore they need irrigation. So therefore, if you're not going to water them again, they're going to dry up. Umitsayinin al hakevarot. And we make what's called siyun kevarot which means we have to make markers for the kibarot, so everybody knows, at least especially the Kohanim, where the kibarot are. So they would take limestone, 
and they would uh, put markers. We'll see exactly how they do it. But this was done on Cholam Mu'ed. So the Gemara has a question over here. The Gemara says, Lo kevar sinu siyinu me'adar. What do you mean? Amishnah said that siyun kevarot was in Adar. Now you tell me you did it on Cholam Mu'ed? What's, uh, what's going on over here? So the Gemara answers, Tipater. Tipater is like the Gemara's way of saying the answer. So there was a strong uh, torrential rain that washed away the um, the marker. He did it in Adar, but you know, normally after Adar there's not so much rain. That's how they would do it in Adar. But it happened to me there was a great rain after Adar washed away the limestone. So they have to remark it even on Hola Mu'ed. Good. The Yutzim Afala Kilai Hola Mu'ed. They go out even to check the kilayim that's in the people's fields. It means they had mashkihim uh, that would make sure that the people are not planting kilayim. So they would go out on, even on Cholam Mu'ed to do this hashkaha. Uh, so the Gemara says, Lo kevar adar. Again, that's an item that they did in Adar, as we learned. Right? Yotzim ala kilayim. So the Gemara says, Tipater shahita hashana afela ve'en hasimachim nikarim. So it was a late year. So sometimes in a late year, the, um, the product doesn't bloom yet. So therefore in Adar, they couldn't go out because there was nothing in the fields yet. Season was late. So they had to go out on Pesach time. That's when already the blooming started to take place. And they were able to see if there was a Kilayim or not. Minayin litziyun. Okay, so I'm a question. How do we know that there's an inyan to make tziyun kibarot? And who tells us that we're obligated to make this uh, markers for the uh, for the kivarot? Although it's a you know sevara that you should make tziyunim, but the gemara is learning over here. It could be we have even pesukim that uh, tell us that we should make tziyunim. So the gemara says, Rav Berachia, a lot of names here now. Rav Yaakov bar Bat Yaakov, b'shem Rav Chonya, de Berat Hevran. Rabbi Yosa Amrila Rabbi Yaakov Bar Acha Beshem Rav Hunya de Berat Hevran Rav Hiskia Rav Uziel Bered Rav Hunya de Bat Hevran Beshem Rav Hunya de Bet Hevran. Okay. Vetame Tame Yikra. So when you have the Mitzorah and they're bringing him out of the camp, so on the way out, he has to say Tame Tame. He has to broadcast that he's Tameh. Why does he have to broadcast that he's Tameh? Kedeh shetea tum'ah kur'ah lecha b'fiha v'omeret lech perosh. Basically, it's a warning. Stay away. Six feet. Social distance. Six feet. Why? Or three feet. Stay away. Why? Because he's Mitzorah. So what do you see over here? There's an obligation to give warnings where the tum'ah is. Just like the Mitzorah to say Tameh, Tameh. So the grave has to broadcast. How does the grave broadcast that I'm here? With a limestone, with a with a tzion, with a marker. So we have an obligation to warn people where the tumah is. So it's a, it's a it's an asmachta. But the point is, they found a, a nice remez in the Torah for this concept. Is it a mizabikah? Right, the mizabikah. That's taklim. Rav Ila b'shem Rav Shmuel bar Nachman. So we have a pasuk over here. I want to read the pasuk correctly. So the pasuk says, 
ועברו העברים או העוברים בארץ, וראה עצם אדם ובנה אצלו ציון, פשוט, and they'll uh, travel, uh, they traverse the land, and when one sees the bones of a man, they'll build a marker next to it until, uh, until they bury it in the valley of, uh, of Gog. So the Gemara now is going to explain, so there you go, ציונים. Now the Gemara is going to explain each one, each one of the words in this, uh, in this pasuk over here. So it says, Mikan shemitsayinim ala atzamot. Yuri, from here we see that atzamot, bones. Uh, now we'll see exactly what size bones over here, but when it comes to bones as opposed to flesh that we're going to see in a second, basar, they did not put tzayinim <coughs> on, 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 on the flesh of the body, only on bones. We'll see why. So the Gemara goes one at a time now. Adam, mikan shemitsayinim ala shidra. Okay, so the spinal column or the gulgolet would be the skull. Now let's read over here Taklin for a second. We got to get some here. Vira'a, etzim adam. Aikra benibu'at yehezkel ketib upashteh dekra ale'atid sheyasu Yisrael siyunim alasmot ha'pegarim Right, this is Gogo Magogwa, by the way. So there's going to be so many, so many deaths. They're just going to bury everybody in Mehmet Gog. Begeh Hamon Gog. Okay, so it's a remez again over here. Make Tziyuni. Let's go one at a time. I'll add some more. Okay, let's get the rules, boys. Atzamot ametameh in different cases. And etzim kisora is metameh b'magah. But we're more worried about, not magah, because under the ground. We're worried about tumat ohel. And therefore there's a shi'ud. If the shi'ud of bones, measures, roba hakav, then it ready, it's metameh. I don't care if it's not rov binyan, rov binyan, I don't care how many bones there are. It's a weight. That means if you have a shi'ud of roba hakav, of atzamot, it has the ability to be metameh tumat ohel. Ala shidra. Very good. Shidra is different. Shidra, even if there's only one bone, and even if there's not roba hakav, the shidra itself is considered the main part of the body, so therefore it's metame even one bone. Stop right there. And the same thing with the gulgolet. The same thing with the uh, skull. Ubana mikan. I'm sorry, ubana. And you will, they will build over there. Right, the pasuk over there says ubana etzlo siyun. So the Gemara's doresh. Mikan shemitzaynin al gabe even kibu'ah. That it has to be on a permanent rock. Well, obviously, because if it's not on a permanent rock, the rock moves. And now you're, you're marking the wrong place. The place where the tumah is, you're going to be mahil. <laughs> the place where there's no tumah, you're going to think there is tumah, and you're going to burn tirumah uh, on that place where there's no tumah. So therefore, obviously, you have to put it ubana. Bana means it's, it's a binyan. You have to put it in a permanent, permanent place. Furthermore, just read the teklin on there. Al gabe eben kibu'ah. Al hakebed kahachi mashma lishna dekra ubana sheyeh mechubar kibinyan laafukeh eben hamidkalgel. Right, as opposed to a rock that's just you know moving. Now, im omer at al gabe eben telusha 
אף היא הולכת ומטמא במקום אחר. Right, if you're going to put it on a rock that's moving, it'll be metameh b'makum ahead, that there's no tumah over there. <laughs> so therefore, it's going to be a problem, because you're going to burn terumah on a place that really does not have tumah. So therefore, make sure your marker is kavua. Etzlo, now the lashon of the pasuk says, right? Bana etzlo, limkom tahara tziyun. So the, the pasuk is coming to tell you that you do it in a tahor place, <laughs> which means you don't do it on the tumah itself. You do it etzel. Because if you do it on the tumah itself, so the guy's going to uh, not have a, a warning. So they put it etzel. They put it in the place of tahara, a little in front. We have the taklin. Let me just find that, honey. It's lo limkom tahara. I got it. Ah, it doesn't say bana alav. You don't put it on the Tumah itself, you put it close to the Tumah. Mm. Right, it would be sudden. It'd be too, you gotta give the guy a warning. A buffer. So the guy walked, he's done over it. It's too late. So therefore they put it a little in front. In order to give the guy a little uh, warning, you just said it has to be it's slow. No, we didn't say it. no. Adraba. No, we didn't say. It. We said it has to be permanent. It has to be a permanent rock. Now we're saying where do you put this permanent okay, rock? It's slow. Continue that. Continue the Gemara. Tziyun. Okay, it says you put a tziyun. Mikan the tziyun. Okay. Umatza. These are all uh, words from the pesukim. Uh, Even uh, okay. Um, okay. The tziyun. ומצא אבן אחת מצוינת, אף על פי שאין מקיימים כן, המאהיל עליה תמה. אני אומר, מת מצוין, והיה נתון עליה. Which means, we're going to learn in the Gemara now, you're not supposed to put really one rock. You're supposed to put two rocks. You're supposed to put one rock, let's say, at the head, and one rock at the, at the foot. So therefore you know exactly that the mit is in between. But now the Gemara says, let's say you found one rock. Even achat mitsuyenet. Afapishen mikaimim kim. You're not supposed to keep it like that. You're not supposed to have something. Hamahil aleha tameh. Interesting. We're going to say that if somebody's mahil on the rock itself, tameh. Why? And he omed met mitsuyan vayan noten tahteha. And it's underneath the rock. Read the taklin. Afapi. Uh, you didn't do it. You did one rock. Which, why would you do one rock? Because you did it right on top. So therefore you have to assume that the mitt is underneath that rock. And therefore if you went over that rock, tumat ohel. Right. But in the meantime, but in the meantime, yeah, it's tameh. Right, I could have said that it's tahor. I could have said that one rock, you put it in front. But since that's not the way you put rocks, since they put one in the front, one in the back, I assume that it's underneath it, and therefore it's tamer. Now we get to the real way to do it. Exactly. You have two rocks, one at the head, one at the foot. So in between is the problem. But mahil on the rocks themselves will be tahor. Imaya choresh ben taim. 
Now, if let's say in the middle it was plowed, in between the two rocks. Now, if it's plowed in between, you know there's no mat over there. Because it's plowed. Then it goes back to being the rocks themselves are the tum'ah, and in between is tahor. Right, which means you put the you put the rock on the tumah itself, and therefore in between is going to be the uh, tahor place. The f- the in between the, the two head, rocks, yes. The in between the, head, the foot and the head, the head there's plowed. plowed. So you know there's no mat over there. They're not going to plow over there. So in between will be okay, and the rocks themselves will be tumah. Tani en misaynin al habasar. Okay, now basar also, by the way, can be mitame. Basar is mitame. Oil also. So the kara, why shouldn't you make tiyunin? On basar. Because the basar eventually decays. And therefore, we don't want you to go burn a terumah on something that eventually is going to decay. Bones don't decay. So therefore, the bones are always going to be there. The basar, after however many weeks, it's not going to be there anymore. So therefore, don't make it see you because you end up burning terumah. The giver us his weight. But until it decays... You have a problem. Rav Yosta bar shunem ba'ekume Rav Mana ve'lo nimsa metamet taharot lemafreya, which is retroactively when you find out that there was basar over there, all the tumah that you had over there, all the tirumah is going to be tameh. So the chaura, you should put a tziyun over there. Because when they find that there was basar over there, they say, oh, I walked on that spot, I had Tirumah over there, I was Tamir. So everything you touch subsequently, retroactively, is going to be Tamir. So the Chavra, there's a good reason to put a marker, even by basar, at least until it decays. So the Gebarah says, Amar le mutav kalkilu bo le kalkilu bo le olam. It's unbelievable, Hadushim. He says, it's true. You might have a temporary problem until the basar decays. But if you put a marker there, you'll have a permanent problem. Because after the basad decays forever, you're always going to be burning terumah when you should not have. We just said the markers, so, the so markers go away, though, after a month. We just said it's a... I don't know if markers go away. I don't know if markers go away. The, the point is, there's a rock over there. If the rock is over there and you're putting a, a, a marker like that, the Gemara is telling you, you're right, you can have a temporary problem in the meantime. But if you have that marker, you're going to have a permanent problem forever. Because once the basad is mit'akeh, there's no tumah there. And you know, I went there. Or you went there, but burn your tiruma. So you're burning tiruma forever when you shouldn't. So they both let it have a smaller issue than to have a, a permanent issue. That is the Gemara. Okay, Rabotai, let us uh, continue. Alakha bet matnitin. See, you see from the Yerushalmi that they called Mishnayot halachot. Kola shone halachot bechol yom. Could be his Mishnayot. There was no halacha in those days, it was Mishnayot. Amar Rav Yehuda, Barishona hayu okrin umashlichim lefnehem. Aha. Mesherabu ovre avera hayu mashlichim lederachim. Kinu shiyu mafkirim lo et kol ashit asadeh. So the Mishnah gives us history. Barishona, when the mashkichim would go out, they would uproot the kilayim, and they would throw it in their fields. Just leave it right there on the spot. And then the Gemara Mishnah says, Rabu Ovre Avera. They were the wise guys, the Ovre Avera, the sinners. So they made a new takana, and the takana was they would take the kilayim and throw it in the street. And then, Hitkinu, Shiyum Mafkirim They made a takana to make the whole field hefke. So we have to see what this Ovre Avera is. 
why why they originally uh, did this way and then they changed it. Yomara is going to explain it. The Korban Ha'edasim Mifaresh Begemara. Okay. Yomara says, Amar Rav Yehuda. Okay, Tani, Amar Rav Yehuda. Bishona Hayu Okrin Umashlichim Lifnehem. So basically, they were doing gardening for them. So the, the, the owners were very happy. So yeah, the rabbis come, they take out the kalayim for me. While they take out the kalayim, anyway, they're de-weeding the field for me. So Baruch Hashem, we get free, uh, free, free, free gardening services. They were happy on two fronts. Nikush, nikush is like, uh, what, de-weeding the, uh, the fields for them. As, as they're taking out stuff, the field gets benefit. Number two, where do they leave the kilayim? On the ground. They, they would send the animals out. Beautiful, they have free food. Eat the uh, kilayim. So they, they, didn't, they didn't bother them. So basically the choteh was being niskar. The sinner was being rewarded by the rabbis doing it uh, this way over here. Right, right. That was the purpose, to, 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 to shame them. But avra uh, they turned the shame into an opportunity. And uh, they were happy. Okay, you know what? We don't want them to be in Hene from it. So they threw it on the Derachim. So the Gebara says, Okay, so they didn't have two Semachot. They had one Semcha. What? At least we're getting free, uh, free de weeding. They made it Takana. Efker. Rabbis have a power. To make things hefker, hefker, bet din, hefker. And therefore, uh, that's it. Now the field is hefker. They didn't, they didn't touch the field. Zerbotai, put a sign. This field is ownerless. Ownerless is free fall. Until they get rid of it themselves. So now they would have to get rid of the kilayim themselves. And once they got rid of the kilayim themselves, they rizokher in their field, and the hefker is off. Understand what they did? It's a temporary hefkid until they themselves will get the job, get the job done. Why didn't they do it themselves in the first place? Get a shayim. They're saying if it's good for the field and if it's good for the animals, then what's good for the field? I'm saying if there's a benefit. No, there's no benefit. They were, they when they were taking out when they were taking out the isur, there was a benefit. They rather have the isur in the field. These guys, they planted kilayim. But when the rabbis took it out, they said, okay, well, there's a benefit to the field. There's a benefit. Not as big as a benefit to keep the kalayim. The produce. Not as big a benefit to keep the kalayim, but the benefit of the other product when you're taking out the weeds. When so, they were clean. so is it a loss for them? At the, the of course it was a loss to them. They took out the kalayim. No, there was a... Right, yeah, right, but when they took out that, it benefited the field in a different way. So I said, okay, kapara on the kalayim, but we got a benefit from our... Uh, from our uh, nikush. It didn't bother them that much. It didn't bother them or not bother them. They, they have no choice. But there was Sameya that the rabbis, when they did it, at least there was a, 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 a benefit to them. A silver lining. Right, it was a silver lining, exactly. <laughs> and number two, they threw it on the field. They said, beauty. We'll the animals, we'll eat it. The rabbi said, you know what? We're not doing that anymore. We're going to take it out and throw it in the, in the street. They started some hard. There was nikush. So they said, you know what? We're not doing that touching it. Let them do it themselves. And therefore what? Hefkeh. So they have to do it themselves. And therefore, we're not going to give you a benefit. You have to do it yourself. So the Gebarah comes along and says... 
By taking out kilayim, you're benefiting the field in another way, because you're doing nikush, you're turning up the field. So the Gemara says, "Oh, minayin shefker betin hefker." Oh, the big big sugya here, Rabotai. Wow, this we see this all over Shas. Hefker betin hefker. What gives the right to bedin to make things hefker? It's eminent domain. What gives the right? It's a property. So the Gemara is giving some proofs over here. Let's see the proofs. Let's go slow. Okay, so that's Ezra Sofer. But on the way back, he wanted the people to come back to Yerushalayim. So whoever doesn't show up, that's when there was a big intermarriage problem. He made a big, uh, you know, uh, meeting. Whoever doesn't show up to this derash, uh, all his property is going to be confiscated. I was as I so fed. He's going to make all his property hefker. So from there you see that uh, it's able to do it. Now the she'ela is minayin shi pitura mina masrot. Oh, here's a big question. Which means guy has product. You have to give maser. Maser yishon goes to the levi. How do we know that once the betin makes your product hefker? Hefker is exempt from taxes. Hefker does not have to pay, which means the guy now who takes the hefker, it's hefker, right? So the guy takes from the hefker. Hefker is patur from, uh, it's like can't pay all these items that the aniim take, they don't have to pay masrot, because like it's hefker for the aniim. So how do we know that any hefker, not only for aniim, hefker for, for, for everybody, is considered patur from masrot? We have a taklin here. Minayin. Minayin shehu pitura mina ma'asrot. Tehefker kamur shehkiro ba'ala biyathkina la mikra. Shehi pitura mina ma'asrot. Right. A regular guy who makes his stuff hefker, I don't need a pasuk for that. That we know, I have a pasuk. We know that already. A regular guy who says, my stuff should be hefker, it's patur for ma'asrot. But this is different. This is betin is doing it. So we want to know, how do you know that if betin does it, it also has an exemption. Right, which is, it's enough hefkir that if somebody wants to now have ownership on it, he could take it, but who says you will put it in for Maser? Maybe the guy who owns, owns it now, he has to pay his uh, taxes. Right, which is, I'm not trying to hurt the Levine. I'm trying to hurt the guy. I'm trying to hurt the guy that didn't follow the law. So I say, your property is Efkir. So the Levine says, what do you want from me? Why should I lose my 10% because you punish that guy? So in Ekonomi, maybe when the other guy is Zohir, he has to pay, uh, he has to pay Masrot. Or maybe not. what does it mean, ki en no chelik imach? Why does the Levi get uh, ma'asrot? It's a compensation because he doesn't have a chelik in Eretz Yisrael. 
but that's only on stuff that you have a chalik and he doesn't have a chalik. But on stuff that you're equal on, like hefker, when nobody has a chalik on, so maybe he doesn't get if you don't get masrot on that over there. You understand? Ki en lo chalik That's only when you have a nachala, he has he has to get masrot. But if you don't have a nachala, because it's hefker, so you're equal. So there was no masrot. That's the, that's the Gemara's question. So Gemara says, Rabbi Yonatan bere de Rabbi Yitzhak bar acha. He heard it from this following uh, statement. From this, uh, you know, we make Ibur Shana, we add Adar Shini. So there's certain years that you're not supposed to make an Ibur Shana. One of those years is Lo not during the Shemitah year. Well, obviously, it's, it's enough, it's hard enough for the farmers that they can't uh, work for a whole year. That's the last year you want to add an extra month. To, del- you know, to delay the, uh, the planting. Okay. I don't know why yet. We'll have to see why you can't add an extra. Oh, that's the eighth year. Eighth year, everybody's working again. So what's the problem? Once you make a. Uh, After the Shemitah is over, what's the problem to make a, to make a leap year? Okay, but if they did it, it works. Don't do it, but if they did it, it works. Uh-huh. And the uh, and the the month that they added the chodesh hadshu mosif lo patur mimasrot that month that they uh, added aren't they going to be oh, are, isn't the product going to be patur from masrot so let's read the taklin over here read lo b'shviit Right, which is next year you got it, or that year you have to bring Omer Shtalechem on the holiday, and now you're putting an extra Adar, so you don't have, to have goods, you have product. You want to have product, otherwise you're not going to have uh, goods to bring the. And then if you don't bring the Omer, you cannot be Matir the Hadash, and you cannot be Matir all these things over here. So therefore, we don't want to be Ma'arich the Isur Avodat Karka on them. In Shemitah, yeah, there's no Masrot. In Shemitah, yeah, it's Patu for Masrot. So we just said that if they added an extra month, it's Mi'ubar. So the question is, that month over there, it's, a, it's, like, a, it's like basically Betin is making it Hefker. Uh, so the question is, on that month, are there, are, are there going to be Patu for Masrot? So it says over here, uh, right, which means we're saying that it's me'ubar, and if it's me'ubar, it means like it's shemitah. And what's the law of shemitah? It's patu for ma'asrot. So therefore, the fact that we said, im asa, it's done, sounds like it's done to be treated like shemitah. So you see, and, and what, is that, what is that doing basically, the rabbis are saying? They mean mafkir the, the field another month. Right, the eating of And therefore, basically, we're saying it's going to be patur. Now, the Gibara goes on a side point for a second, and then we're going to go back to this. But the Gibara says, Ad kedon, Ad kedon shivi'it. Okay, we understand shivi'it, why you shouldn't add a month, because it's going to just delay the, the isur. What's the reason why we have an issue on motza'esh shivi'it? So Amar of uh, Amar of Abun Rabun Shelo Lerabot 
Be'isur Hadash. Exactly, which means, what happens? Now you start planting again. Let's say Tishri of the eighth year. You start planting, now you got to get to Nisan as quick as possible, so that product becomes mutab. Exactly, because yeah, that yeah. item is called Hadash. So you can't eat all that stuff. And, and there's no food. Yeah, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't work for a year. So therefore, you're going to add an extra month, you're delaying Nisan. And therefore, you're delaying the Omer. And therefore, you're delaying the people saying, like, we're going to eat already. So on Motza'eh, we do not make a, uh, 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 an Ibur for that reason. Not to delay the Korbana Omer, which is in order to allow us to have the product on the shelves quicker to eat. Which we all this was said only when there was a shortage of food in Eretz Israel. Why would there be a shortage of food in Eretz Israel? Because the bee made a gezerah that you're not allowed to import food from Chutz La'aris to Eretz Israel. So therefore, why? Because they held that Eretz is Tum'ah Ta'amim. Chutz La'aris is Tum'ah. Exactly. The Gabshushit of Eretz Amim. So therefore, Mamash, you're stuck. So therefore, don't make Ibur Shana. But once they did away with that Gezerah, so there's no problem to make leap years. Because we're not going to have a problem with Fukuch. You can always export or import it from Chutz La'aris. So all this was said, don't make a leap year during Shemitah or Motza'eh, when there was no allowment of importing food from Hosta'aris. But once you became allowed, it's going to be permissible. Okay, read the... Right, right. Which means then Shibi'it becomes like the rest of the years of Shemitah. That's what's saying that line. That just like you're allowed to make an ibud in Sha'ar Shibi'it, you're allowed to make a ibud in Shibi'it. Shibi'it. Both. 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 Yeah. Which means Shibi'it shil Sha'ar Shavuah. Shibi'it becomes like Sha'ar Shavuah. It means no problem to make. Ibuz, as you, as you please. Okay, continue. Tani, in ma'abrin. We're going back to that statement, right? In ma'abrin. We don't make uh, ibu not in shivita, not in motza'eh. Amar of mana. Hada de'at amar. Barishona shayuwa shanim ketiknam. Oh, that was also said when the shanim were ketiknam. When uh, the, the product used to grow according to a certain cycle, which means by nisa, things would grow into shri. Things would be ready to 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 to, to, to cut in Nisan. So therefore, by the Omer, you'd have uh, the heter uh, of Hadash. The, the seasons worked. So then, when season worked, by delaying it, you imagine delaying the the process. Which means anyway, they don't grow so so, so so like they used to grow. So therefore, it's not necessarily delaying anything because they don't grow. As fast as it used to grow in the earlier generations, then Shemitah is like the rest of the years. Again, if it would really delay, we, we wouldn't do it. 
But if it's not going to delay yeah. anything, they, they put in parentheses Motzei Shavik. Motzei Shavik. It has to be Motzei Shavik. Yeah, it has to be Motzei Shavik because that's talking that's about the delay for the Omer. Right. If everything would grow correctly, meaning you plant a tishri and it grows, and then by uh, what do you call it by Nisan you have the Omer to cut and bring it on the second day of Pesach, perfect. Everything works properly. But if it's not going to work anyway, <laughs> if by tishri by Nisan you're not going to have stuff growing anyway, so what's the mistake? Uh, leap it. No, 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 tikkun. Okay. Tani shel bet Rabban Gamliel. Okay, they did it. See, in the times of Rabban Gamliel, uh, they did it. They made it Ibur. Why? Proving what we just said. That when Shanim and Akateknam, you can do it. Amar Rab Abun, in min hada, let at shma'mina klum. And now we're going back to the story. Okay, that was all a nice digression. What we're trying to prove over here. That you see, they added a leap year and mis- added a month. And Mistama was patur from Masrot. Also, what do you see over here? Hefker Bedin Hefker is poter from Masrot. Uh, you see it? Evantem? That's, wow. It's hard chaklavetaria. You have to know at this point over here, we went back to the, to the Sugya over here. Just read the read taklin so you know how to get that. In min hada, three lines on the bottom. Uh, okay. In min hada, adel el You're going back now. You're going back to the kushad that we started with. Right. If that was your brayta that you want to bring a raya from, no raya. Why not? Chorat kedaya. Gemara says, let at shma'mina klum. There's no shma'mina for nothing. Because it says, shamor et chodesh ha'aviv. Shomrehu shiyaviyu b'chidusho. Oh, that's a deoraita law over here. The deoraita law, it's not hefker bedin hefker. It's bedin that you have to make the months work out that the new crop comes in Nisan. And therefore, sometimes you have to make a leap year in order to adjust uh, the calendar. So therefore, it's nothing to do with Hefker Bedin Hefker. Torah says you got to make the seasons uh, come out in Nisan. Sometimes the seasons are not going correctly. They end a month, so the new crop or the new season will be Nisan. Read the, read the, read the Rashi over there. Aviv means the... the, 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 the Aviv, uh, uh, the, the growth, growth of the, of the, of the products. <laughs> Meaning, the new products got to grow within the first 14 days, Hidusha <laughs> Shilibana, the first 14 days of, of Nisan. So you got to, so it's, so that's just got to adjust the calendar for certain things. So it's got to do with Bedin Torah tells you to do it. So that's, a, that's a Bedin. Torah Hashem says to do it. So if Hashem says to do it, of course you be put to I'm looking for a case where Bedin is doing it on their own. But even over here, they're not really making it hefker. They're doing the ibud, which they have the power to do. Yeah, but then shemitah. Shemitah. Once it's shemitah, it becomes hefker. Once it's shemitah, it's hefker. I'm saying it's. You can say the rabbis have the power to add a month. And Mistama, once they add a month, it's hefker. But they don't have the power to make hefker. That's exactly the same. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara is saying hefker between hefker should be put in for maser. If you're saying it was their power to add the month. So therefore, they have the power also to make all the consequences of that month. But I was saying, no, it's not their power. 
They're coming with a license from the Torah to do it. I'm saying even if they didn't have the license I know, I'm answering, the Torah. I'm answering right. again. Right. We do this all day. I'm answering you that they did it. Right. right. They did Who made it. the Shemitah? At the end of the day, it's Shemitah with Rabbanan. Right. right. They did it. They did it. Okay. So continue, Rabotai, beauty. Vehaida Amar Da. So how do you know then? We're back to the question. So Vehaida Amar Da. So the way do you know where the source of that Hefker is Mipatu for Maasir? We're back to the question. From a different place. Gadish Shalulukat Tahtab. Let's get the case. You have like a on the field, right? The owner of the field went and took his product and covered up the lekechchan peah. Maybe covered it up so that I don't see it. I don't know why he covered it up, but he covered it up. So bottom line, the rabbis came along and said that his product also becomes hefker as long as his product is touching the ground. Whatever of his product is touching the ground is hefker and belongs to the anim. Read the taklin. Gadish. Okay, it's on the ground. Kol hanogat. Right, so they belong to the anim. So the Gemara says, Ve'amar Nabi Ami. Nabi Ami came along and said, B'Shem, Nabi Shimon ben Nakish, De'Bet Shamayi. And that's the opinion of Bet Shamayi. So basically, this is an interesting hefker. You're not making it hefker for everybody. Who are you making it hefker to? To the aniim. It's a limited hefker. Not everybody can take this stuff. The guy who can take the leket, who's the ani, can also take the stuff that the balabai put on top. Because if it's according to betelel, aniim ochlim umeasrim. According to Betelel, since it's not a full-fledged hefker, the Anim would be able to take that stuff, but they would have to give Maaser. Evantem? So Gemara says, Ve'amar le Rabbi Yosef. We're not done yet. Rabbi Yosef said, no. Shamanu shu patum maaser devre akol. It's not only Bet Shamay. Even Betelel says that even though it was a limited hefker, patur for maaser, for the Ani. So what do you see over here? Efker bedin, efker, patur for ma'aser, ledebrako. Let's read the, uh, I don't know where we are. The clean. Uh, the bet shamayi. The amar hefker ma'aniim, hefker. Ulefichach yachol lehosif, upatur mena ma'aser. Habar alabetilel, ech rashay lehosif, veliten hanogot ba'aris ma'aniim, beturat leket. No, it's not leket. You're not giving them leket. Leket is patur. Like the Torah exempted it. But the stuff that the guy threw on top of it, it's because it's touching the ground. Why, why should it be patu for Maaser? That's Betelel. Next one. Kedbera kol, Mishum Knas. Kedbera kol, Mishum Knas. The Kevan de Kansuhu Rabbanan. How do you like that? How do you like that? That's amazing. So bottom, bottom line, after this whole story, somebody asked you a question. 
רבותיי, כשבית דין עושים הפקר בית דין הפקר, בואו נסטארס לגבי מעשר, פטור במעשר. אוקיי, let's go to the next משנה quickly. אליס לזוד המשנה, נו, פנש תסעף תשעונית. מתניתין. Now we start מסכת שקלים, רבותיי. בחמישה עשר בו, on the 15th of Adar, שולחנות היו יושבים במדינה. They used to have the table set up. That's where the money changes would sit to collect the שקלים. בחפה, on the 25th of Adar, ישבו במקדש. Already they moved their tables to the מקדש. That was a signal. רבותיי, you only got five days left, or four days left to the month, and therefore everybody would know once they change their location that uh, you better come and give your... Uh, Not only that, once they started to sit in the Mikdash, they changed their location, they would start taking collaterals from people who did not give their ma'asit uh, shekel Who do they take mashkon from? Levi'im v'Yisraelim, Gerim, Avadim v'Shuharim, every Canadian that went free, Avalon Nashim. Interesting, so ladies, there's no mimashkenim. Interesting, we have to see if ladies are hayab b'chlal. Va'abadim, עבדים עושו נר חיה, וקטנים. וכל קטן שהתחיל אביו לשקול על ידו, but if the father used to give for the son, אין, שוב אינו פוסק. So כנראה at a certain age, the father would give a מחזית השקל for his kid. Once he starts, like the מנהג, you don't stop. הם ממשכינים את הכהנים. Also, כהנים, we have to see what their status is. Are כהנים obligated to give מחזית השקל? Well, if they are or not, but we don't ממשכין them, we don't take collaterals from them. מפני דרכי שלום. That's the peace. Strange. For the Kohanim, we have the Kesh Shalom. But the Nevi, you don't know the Kesh Shalom? That's a Gemara's question. Amar Biyuda, He'id bin Bukhri, Biyavne. Kol Kohen, Sheshokel, Eno Chote. Ah, that even the Kohen is patur from giving Shekel, but he's not a sinner. If he wants to give the Shekel, he can give it. But he's not a Chote. He doesn't have to. He's not a Chote. Why would I think he's a Chote? He can give it voluntarily. Amar Lo Rabbi Yohanan, Ben Zakai, Lo, Ki, Ela Kol Kohen, She'eno Shokel, Chote. The opposite. If he doesn't give the Shekel, he's making a sin. So it comes out with a big machlokro ve, the Kohanim, hayav or not. Ela shakurim dorshim mikraze la'atzmam. Which means the Kohanim, they made a derasha, conveniently, in order to exempt them from giving ma'azid ha-shekel. What do they doresh? Vechol menhat Kohen, kalil tihiyeh, lo te'achel. What does it say? Anything that's called menhat Kohen, the law is lo te'achel. What do you have to do? You burn it. Menhat Kohen, lo te'achel. So the Gabbara says, oh, so anything that the Kohen has ownership in, they cannot eat. Hold it. These are items over here that the Kohenim bring. If they pay Mahasit HaShek, that means they have ownership in the Shtei Al-Lechem, in the Lechem HaPanim and the Omer. How are we allowed to eat it? Anything that the Kohen has ownership in, you know, they don't eat. Now, if they paid... Mahasita Shekel, don't they have a part ownership in the Omer? Don't they have part ownership in the Le'am Panim? And what's that like I say? They eat it. Right? So it must be, we don't have to pay. That's what's like considered Mahat Kohen. They made all the whole pilpul of it. Anything to save half a Shekel. They saved half a Shekel. They made all the Raj of it. It's the wrong Raj. That's what Gemara Shunan is saying. Doresh La'asmav. Okay, we'll stop over here. We'll continue this right after Shahadi. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Continuing in Shekalim and Davkima, we're at the Gemara. So we don't take pledges from uh, minors. So the Gebara says, Which means you're not going to take a mashkon from them. However, you're going to demand them to pay it. Just that you don't take a mashkon, you don't take a collateral from them. So the implication is that 
the Hayav in Mahasita Shekel. Halitvoa Tuvim, you can demand it from them. So the Gabbara comes along and says, Hada de Temar Kishehe Bishevishte Saro. It's only talking about where they brought two hairs. Abal Imloe Vishte Sarot. But if they didn't bring two Sarot, which is they're very young, Lo Beda. So it's not included in this ruling over here. Ulmashken en memashkenim. We don't take a mashkon achiehe ben esrim until they're actually 20. So basically, there's three levels of a katan. There's a katan kodem bet sa'arot. So therefore, there's nothing. We don't ask him for the shekel. We don't uh, take a mashkon. After he reaches puberty, we're toveya. But we don't take a mashkon. Once he gets to 20, then everybody's like everybody else. Ben esim shanavamala. So then we take the. Uh, we take the shekel uh, from him. So therefore, it emerges that there's three stages in the life of a male vis-a-vis the laws of half shekel. Stage one involves a minor who has not sprouted two public ears. We do not demand that he make the half shekel donation. Obviously, we do not extract the pledge from him. Stage two, when he reaches 13 years old and sprouts pubic hairs, he's a rabbinically obligated to donate half a shekel. Our Gemara teaches that we demand the half shekel to him, uh, but we do not take a pledge. Stage three is when he reaches 20 years old. At that time, he becomes biblically obligated to donate the half a shekel. As it says, ben esim shana va'mala. That's, that's just the taklin in English. <laughs> okay. Now the Mishnah comes along and says... Bene matnita, we have a brighter that teaches, em mashkinim et kohanim mepene derech kavod. Which is uh, uh, different than alashon of Amishnah. Amishnah said we don't take from the kohanim mashkon because of derech shalom. But this brighter says it's a nyan of derech uh, kavod. What's a nyan of uh, derech kavod? Uh, because we have an obligation to respect the uh, kohanim. It says vekidashto. So therefore, part of the respect of the kohanim is that we don't, uh, we treat them, you know, uh, we teach them special. So therefore, at a sign of respect for them, we're not going to take a uh, mashkon. That would explain better, because the chaura, if you say it's a nyan of shalom, that you don't take mashkon, so therefore the chaura, it should be for everybody. It should not apply to a, it should apply to a Levi, a Yisrael, etc. If it's darkeh shalom. So say, no, it's not a nyan darkeh shalom, it's a nyan darkeh kavod. Darkeh kavod only applies to kwanim. Amar bi'udar'id. So what did uh, we have in the Mishnah? We had a testimony from Ben Bukhri. What was the Ben uh, Bukhri over here? We had a mahluk in the Mishnah, whether Kuanim are obligated to pay the half shekel. Ben Bukhri said they are not. Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai said they are. We had a mahluk amongst the Tanaim in the Mishnah. Again, Kuanim obligated or not obligated. Amar Rabbi Berachia Ta'amad, Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai. The reason why Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai says that they're obligated... Because the Pasuk says, yitenu. So, Ze is Gematria, the Gebara says, 12. Asar shivatim yitenu. And therefore, Shevet Levi, which is the Kohanim, are included. Now, how do you get uh, 12 Shivatim? I guess you have to count Menashen Ephraim as one. Normally, we count Menashen Ephraim as two Shivatim, but the Gebara is count over here if you make Menashen Ephraim one, and you count Levi. So therefore, you have to get the 12. So, ze yitenu, so derashav in the Torah. Amazing, so you're learning a derashav in the Torah from a gematria. Is that... Uh, Even in the gematria, guys. Right, it's a ze. We're learning ze yitenu, it's alakha from a gematria. I mean, that's an amazing thing. Rabbi Tabi, 
בשם רב המנונה, כן משיבים חכמים לרבי יהודה. נזיר, נזיר, יהיה. So they answered Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Hodak ben Bukhri. Ben Bukhri held that what? That the Kohanim are exempt. So they questioned, and what's the question? They said, Hatat Yahid Meta. Which means, how can you say that uh, a Kohen that gives the uh, Mahasita Shekel, uh, of course they said what? That if he gives the Mahasita Shekel, he doesn't make a sin. He doesn't make a sin. Because right, they hold he's not really obligated. So if he gives it, it's, uh, it's voluntary. Whereas Rabbi Hanan held, if he doesn't give it, he's making a sin. So they're questioning, how can you say in the Mishnah that if a Kohen voluntarily gives the Ma'azita Shekel, he does not make a sin, it says, Hatat Yahid Meta. What's the regular Hatat Yahid? I have a private Hatat that cannot be offered. We learned this in the end of Pesayim, if you remember. <clears throat> the five Hataot that Metot, that you can't bring them on the Mizbeah, right? But if it's a hatat sibur, obviously we don't bring it on the mizbeah, but it's not left to die. What do we do with it instead? So it says over here, what we do is, rather it is sent to graze until it develops a blemish. It is then sold, and the proceeds are used to purchase a uh, communal offering that's brought uh, in its, uh, when there's a law. So bottom line, kaitsa mizbeah, they use it for korban, so again, let's read again. Hatat Yahid Meta. And Hatat Sibur Meta. Now, similarly, Minhat Yahid Kireva Kalil. Which we learned already. When you have a Minha of a Kohen, so it says Kalil Toktar. Kalil Toktar means the entire Minha goes on the Mizbeh. The end Minhat Sibur Kireva Kalil. But a communal Minha like the Omer, Shta Lechem, Lechem Apanim. No. So you don't offer it entirely, which is the Kohen gets a chalik uh, over there in order to eat it over there. Now if you say that it's a minhat Kohen, if the Kohen is going to pay mahasita uh, shekel, so if he's paying mahasita shekel, he's going to have a chalik in the korban. So if he has a chalik in the korban, how can you say that he's going to be able to to eat it. Od palm. These are minhat siburs. So minhat sibur, we don't say is kalil toktar. It has to be eaten. So now, since the law is that an individual Kohen's mincha may not be eaten, must, but must be burnt entirely, how can you permit Kohenim to give Hefshekel voluntarily? Right? How can you allow them to give it voluntarily? They're going to be eating the mincha, which now turns into a minhat Kohen. Kohen. <coughs> 
they have a piece of it. So how can you say that if a Kohen gives, in a Choteh, I mean, it cannot be that you should allow him to give it. You should not allow him to give it. If the omer of two loaves is purchased with the shikalim, the biblical requirement to consume it cannot be fulfilled. So the Gemara gives the answer. The Gemara goes on a side point. The Kashya. Gemara says, wait, 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 wait. What's, what's, what's this question over here? Meshivim le'adam davar she'eno modebo? Which means, do you ask a person a question? On a premise that he doesn't agree with? Why? Detan, we have a Mishnah. She'en chatat sibur meta. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Tamut. By the way, you're bringing me from a uh, Mishnah. And the Mishnah is making a difference between chatat yahid and chatat sibur. And therefore you want to make a difference as well between minhat yahid and minhat sibur. Rabbi Yehuda himself does not make that, uh, 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 that, uh, uh, that difference. He holds no difference between yahid and uh, Sibur. He says, even Sibur is, is Tamut. So how could you ask from that Mishnah where the Behudah himself doesn't even agree to it? So the Gemara comes along and says, Behu motiv lan. The Behudah now will answer the question. Stop. Zu lo nidbat yahidu. Which means, this half shekel of the Kohen is not considered a donation of an individual. Which, what's his answer really? He's saying that's not considered uh, 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 a, a, a donation of an individual. It's unlike any other donation by an individual, for the latter is not specifically transferred to the public ownership, whereas the Kohen Zef Shekel is conveyed to the public and therefore loses his status of a private donation. Uh-huh. Which means when a regular guy donates, it's considered a private donation and therefore... Uh, 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 it would be uh, uh, a part of the korbanot. Mashiach, when the kohen gives it automatically, it's just given to the to the public uh, funding. It's not considered a private donation anymore. When he gives voluntarily, it's not the pshat; it's the kohen's donation that's in the korban. Once he donates it, it goes into the public funds. Finished. So that, that's there's no problem for him to eat from the korban of the omer and the shteilech because it's not considered private money that he has. Once he gives it. Trying to compare the minha with the with the hatar. Correct. And we're saying that a, a minha is eaten. A minhat sibur is eaten, like a omer and shteilechem. The queen eats it. And we're saying that how could the queen eat it if he has a chelik in it? Because according to Ben Bukhri and the Bihuda, they say that if the queen gives mahasita shekel, it's accepted. Wait, wait, it's accepted. So if it's accepted, the chaurai has a chelik in the minha. And the rule is that if he has a halik in the minha, he should not be allowed to eat it. And the answer is, it's not considered that he has a halik in it, like an individual. When he gives it over, it turns into mamon of the sibur. It's not considered mamon of an individual. It's like the hakamim, when mafkia, that private uh, donation, to turn it into public donation. Read the taklin on that. It's important taklin. Read the taklin. Mm-hmm. Right, this means there's nedavot yachid. This shekel that the Kohen's giving is not like a regular nedavot yachid. Why? Right, which means a regular yachid, uh, nedavot yachid, is not given to the public uh, treasury. Right. 
אלא כיוון דלא מחייבו בהו, לא מסרה להו לסיבור יפה. לכך, יפה לכך, יפה. לכך לא הרי ממש כקורבן ציבור. וכך סביר עלה, לכתחילה לא ישקלו. אבל מכל מקום חוטא נמי לא הווה, כיוון שמכל מקום מסרה לסיבור. It's not considered, the problem is if a Kohen has ownership in the Menha, he cannot eat it. We're saying that over here, when he gives it, it's Nimsal the Sibur. And therefore, it's considered public funding. Therefore, it's not considered, no, I would have said maybe it's a regular Yahid. If he's giving a Shekel, it's a Yahid giving a Shekel, now it's an individual owning a part of the, of, of, of the Menha. And if he owns part of the Menha, he can't eat it. So he's answering no. When he gives it over, it's Nimsal the Sibur. Now, although we don't want you to do it like because sometimes you don't give it over to the Sibur Yafeh, sometimes it's... Uh, but no, if you gave it already, we're going to be considered as a, a, a Sibur. A cohesive shekel donation is unlike any other donation by an individual. For the latter is not specifically transferred to the public ownership, whereas the cohesive shekel is conveyed to the public that loses the status of a private donation. It's not considered a private donation. Oh, however, since Kwanim are not obligated to give a half shekel, the conveyance to the public is not wholehearted, and thus imperfect. And uh, so the offering purchased with their donations cannot be considered an actual communal offering. So therefore, since it's really not a sibur item, it's really a yahid giving it, don't give it like a tayla. But once they give it, we consider it a sibur donation and not a yahid donation. So that's a good trivia. Give me a case where yahid makes a donation, but it's considered nidvat sibur. The Kohen voluntarily giving Hatzis Sheikh, which therefore Ben Bukhri allows the Kohanim to eat from the Omer and the Shtal Lechem, because it's not considered they have a private stake in the, uh, in the Korban. Good. So the Gabbara comes along and says, This is the rabbis come back and they say to the Behudah, That since they have Sheikh of the Kohanim are given over to the Sibur, Nidbat Sibur. It's as if what? It's as if it's purchased with money from the Sibur. According to the sages, we disregard the Quran's imperfect willingness, which means, according to the Ben Bukhri, he holds, they shouldn't give it like a tahila. Because when they give it over, we don't know if they're giving it over to the Sibur wholeheartedly. Okay, if they give it over to the Abad, we'll say it's given over to be used. Hakimim say, no, any Quran that doesn't give is making a sin. Well, what do you mean? Now, if they're giving, how could you eat the... Because uh, we're going to hold hachamim, that when they give it over, we say they give it over wholeheartedly to the sibud, not as a private donation. Therefore, you have no problem. So the whole mahluk bin Bukhri and the Buddha, and Buhana comes another mahluk over here. Do we allow the Kohanim to give it uh, uh, voluntarily? According to the bin Bukhri, give it voluntarily. I mean, if they gave it, it'll be okay. But don't, don't do it like a tahila. Because we're worried that they might not give it over with da'at to give it to the Sibur's treasury. If they don't give it to the Sibur's treasury, it'd be full da'at, you have a problem to eat the shtel lechem and the omer. Well, Hakamim say, no, no, you have to give it. You have to give it, because they hold that when they give it, they give it wholeheartedly, and therefore it's not going to impact the shtel lechem and the, the omer. How does the unwillingness impact? Because it's yachid. It's, then it's nedvat yachid. And once it's nedvat yachid, 
you can't eat it. It's kalil toktar. Oh, so no. So, so, so the the the, the unwillingness is to give it as a tzibur. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're giving exactly. it themselves. Maybe, sure. Sure. They're giving it wholeheartedly, meaning as a, themselves as the bat yachid. And why are they holding back from the from the from the from the nidvat tzibur? That's the shela. Is it is is in the brain when they give it? What are they thinking when they give it? Is it given over to the tzibur or is it given yachid? So 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 Rabbi say it is. And Rabbi Yehuda says no. The katila when they give it, don't give it because we're worried that they might not give it over wholeheartedly as a. To the Sibu. Maybe they want to have a status of an Advat Yahid. Okay. Only because they don't have an obligation? Meaning, what about the regular? Right, according to the Akhim, they have an obligation, therefore they give it over. Number one, is there an obligation or not? Tana Kamas, I mean, Ben Bukhri says there's no obligation, and the Behuda says no obligation by Kwanim, and the Behuda and Akhimim say there is. Now there comes a second Mahloket that according to Ben Bukhri and the Behuda, do we allow the Kohanim to voluntarily give it? So they said, by the way, don't do it, the Ketahila. But kol kohen she shokel in the Not making a sin. Why? Because we'll say it was given over to the Sibu, not as a private donation. Therefore, it does not impact the eating of the Shteh and the Omiwa Hakamim say, no, he has to give it. He has to give it. And why, why, why won't it impact? Because we say they give it over the Ketahila to the Sibu, not to impact the the Qurban. Beautiful. Okay, that's what the Taklin Hatid says. Okay, now the Gemara comes along and says, one more point, Ketiv. Now, what does that mean? Whoever is counted in the census is obligated to give Mahazita Shekel. But it says, Kola Over. Wow. Whoever crossed uh, Yamsuf. So therefore, according to him, Kwanim, they, 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 they cross Yamsuf. So that would be a raya for Ben Bukhri. Kol ha'over. Why is it kol ha'over? Kol ha'over Yamsuf. Ve'harna amar. Harna means ahirim omri. Harna means ahirim. Kol de'avar al-pekudaya yitin. Whoever is in the census, they have to give. And who's that uh, coming to include? Yisraelim. That exempts Kwanim and the Vim from the Mitzvahs. They did not pass through the census in Moses' presence, as all the other Jews did. Rather, Moses went to their doors. They were part of the count. Remember, Moshe went to the, the houses and, and counted them? Everybody else had to go to Moshe. Moshe uh, went to the Kwanim and the Devim. So therefore, they're not called Ha'over. So therefore, they're exempt. Man de'amar kol de'avar be'yamayiten. If you say it's people that crossed Yamsuf, misayal rabbi yuhayim zakai. That says what? Kwanim are obligated because they crossed Yamsuf. Why? Because the Kohanim did not pass by Moshe. Moshe passed by them. And therefore they're going to be exempt.